Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. I'm Jana, and Sherpa unfortunately is on a bye this week, and I'm traveling, so we're coming to you a little later than usual tonight. We'll be here for a full hour until midnight Eastern time, or if you're on the West Coast and not watching baseball, listening to us live, you've got us for a full hour. Otherwise, thank you for downloading. We always appreciate it. But we've got an action-packed show for you, even though we are in the second of two dreaded 16 bye weeks. But don't worry, we've got everything for you from the trade deadline to injuries, waiver wire picks, daily fantasy picks, and of course, who to start, who to sit, and our predictions for this week. Sherpa couldn't make it this week, but he did send in his predictions, and he's not here to defend himself, so we'll see how that goes. um, As always, if you want to talk to us, you have something you want to get an opinion on, you need questions answered about your lineup, or you just want to say, hey, there's a number of ways to get a hold of us. Of course, listening is the best. And then you can find us at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. That's our hub for everything. Um, from there, we're on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. We're on Twitter at the number four THN inches show at JKIM16 and fantasy underscore Sherpa. So there are plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Like I said, you've got a full hour of me this week. And uh, we've got some good stuff coming for you. So first and foremost, the biggest news of the week was obviously the trade deadline yesterday. Um, And we we had some trades made, some confusing, some winners, some losers, and some interesting work with the fax machines in Cleveland. So first off, we've got, I mean, the biggest name that came early was the Patriots trading Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers. Obviously, the Patriots are on our bye this week. So it does give them some time to bring in another backup quarterback. Brian Hoyer seems to be available. Might not be a bad fit, but the 49ers seem to have given up on the C.J. Beathard experience. I'm a big fan of him. We'll talk about him a little bit more later. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to play this week since he's been in you know, the area for all of 12 minutes. Doesn't quite have the playbook down yet, but it looks like he will be starting next week. So if you're looking to stash him, might not be a bad time to do it. The Eagles added to their already pretty crowded backfield in trading for J.H.I. from the Dolphins, uh, a move that makes sense for the Dolphins in that they're clearly, this is not their year, they're rebuilding. This offense needs a makeover. Uh, It doesn't seem like Jay Cutler is necessarily going to be your answer at quarterback, but that's not something they were able to address now. J.H.I., as you know, if you've listened to the show for any length of time over the last few years, uh, we've been telling you he's, not the front office favorite. <laughs> His production is what kept him around this long. But now he is he's headed out to Philadelphia, and we're going to see who emerges in that Miami backfield. Doesn't mean that I think you're going to have a whole lot of offense this week and possibly in the future, but now we have the question of where does he fit in in Philadelphia? You've got LeGarrette Blunt, who in my opinion should have the line share of the carries, but for whatever reason, the Eagles don't listen to my opinion. And then you've got Wendell Smallwood. You've got all kinds of guys there. Darren Sproles out with the the knee injury, unfortunately. But still a pretty crowded backfield. So another backfield we're going to have to watch this week to figure out just what they're doing. And another confusing move, more so for the team giving away Kelvin Benjamin. The, The Panthers traded Kelvin Benjamin to the Bills. I guess they are... All in on Devin Funches, who's been good, but part of the reason he puts up the numbers he puts up is that Kevin Benjamin's there to draw defenders away from him. Uh, So 
an interesting move to say the least. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for Carolina. If I'm Buffalo, by all means, I will take Kelvin Benjamin, who is reportedly a 50-50% chance he plays this week. He's a little banged up and a little new to the area, but we'll certainly see. Uh, We also had the trade that didn't actually happen, and A.J. McCarron was going from Cincinnati to Cleveland, and the Browns found another way to outbrown themselves and managed to not get their paperwork in on time because they were too busy busy celebrating. So, I'm sorry, Cleveland. (laughs) It's just a real shame because that, I think, would have been a good move. I think A.J. McCarron would have been an upgrade from what they have there currently. Is he your quarterback of the future? I don't know if I'm totally sold on that yet, but Cincinnati got their end of the deal in, and the Browns felt like they got close enough to that 4 o'clock deadline that it should have been honored, but that's not how the league operates. The Broncos didn't make any trades, but they did switch up their starting quarterback, Brock Osweiler. The old Brockweiler is going to be under center. Trevor Simeon has been ineffective at best, so they're going to see – what this offense looks like coming to Philadelphia this week, really it's hard to say. Brock Osweiler had some success in Denver, enough that the Texans paid him far too much money. And now he's back. Uh, Paxton Lynch seems like he's going to be the de facto guy there. They're going to probably give him a chance at some point here down the line unless Brock Osweiler somehow plays himself into this starting role, which isn't totally out of the question. But Paxton Lynch, if you remember, Coming off a shoulder injury, he still isn't quite ready. We've seen him on the sideline in hoodies. He's not really not really doing anything. Um, but he has been practicing. He's still a week or two away at least. So we're we're gonna experience a Brockweiler here at least this week, if not for the, the foreseeable future. Also reports out of Arizona that David Johnson is unlikely to play again this season. He says it doesn't matter what their record is, uh, good or bad. It just looks like the healing process isn't going quite the way they'd hoped, and it's not worth risking it. Obviously, a a big part of that offense, and once bringing Adrian Peterson in, it gives you a little bit of breathing room that maybe Andre Ellington wasn't. So I guess I can understand that. As someone who had David Johnson on a couple of fantasy teams, it does bum me out, but, you know, we move on. And in the ever-changing drama in Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott has been – Resuspended, suspension upheld, however you want to put it. He had 24 hours to file an injunction, which he did, an appeal. They're still going through that whole process, reviewing it. So it's, it looks like he will not be on the field come Sunday. Uh, so we've got uh, a nice plethora of running backs again to pick from. Darren McFadden's going to be active for the first time this season. Alfred Morris, who has been the guy it seems they've looked towards when Ezekiel Elliott was taking plays off. And, of course, Rod Smith, the rookie who's looked pretty dynamic. First time talking. He's looked pretty dynamic in the few times we've seen him out on the field so far. So, at this point, who to pick up out of the three, we'll touch on a little bit more. But, obviously, as a Cowboys fan, I've got some feelings on it. Um, so we've got injury, uh, we've got the trades out of the way. Let's jump right into the injuries, our favorite part of the show, and our waiver wire pickups, as well as our position by position ranking. If it's your first time joining us, what have you been waiting for? Uh, we'll take you through our our top ten 
must starts and avoids as well as waiver wire pickups, injuries, bye weeks. We've got all that covered for you. As I mentioned before, we've got six teams on a bye this week, the Bears, the Browns, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Patriots, and the Steelers. One other transactional note to give you, the Browns got Josh Gordon back today. He's conditionally reinstated. News broke just a, a couple of hours ago. I have a friend who's a big Josh Gordon fan, and he is beside himself. So it looks like you may have Josh Gordon back on the field for for the Browns coming off this bye week. So that'll be interesting, something to watch. If uh, you haven't been stashing him on your roster all week, like my friend Jay has, or all season, like my friend Jay has, now might be an interesting time. If you've got some room, speculative pick, not the worst idea in the world. Uh, so let's take a look at running backs. Obviously, we've got some big names on a bye, but Injuries of note, Leonard Fournette still dealing with that nagging ankle injury. It looks like he is going to play this week as far as practice has gone. The reports have all been pretty positive. Devontae Freeman dealing with that shoulder injury. He looks like he should be a go. He might be a tad more questionable, but he he looks like he should be fine to start this week. DeMarco Murray also dealing with the shoulder injury. Terrence West with that calf injury. And C.J. Procise with that bad ankle. And then on a bye this week, I know my teams have been torched by this. I'm sure yours have as well. Le'Veon Bell, Jarek McKinnon, Latavius Murray, Jordan Howard, Tarek Cohen, Melvin Gordon, Dion Lewis, James White, Mike Gillisley, Rex Burkhead, Isaiah Crowell, and Duke Johnson. I hate these 16 bye weeks. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. <laughs> um, but you do have some good picks as far as the waiver wire options go. Now, uh, in Baltimore, if Alex Collins is still available, and he is in, in what looks like about half, maybe a little bit more of leagues, go ahead and pick him up. It looks like he's, I mean, obviously he's still sharing touches with Buck Allen, who's not a, an awful start this week, but I like Alex Collins a little bit better. He's probably worth starting this week at Tennessee. <clears throat> and, I, you know, he hasn't gotten in the end zone just yet, but I think that's going to change in the next week or two. So not a bad pickup. Uh, and then we get to Dallas. Obviously, you've got some options here. It's kind of hard to say. They say they've been preparing for his life without Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I know, you know, as fans, we've been trying to, but <laughs> we just we haven't seen what this offense really looks like without him. So you've got Alfred Morris, who seems to be the de facto number one. That seems to be what Jerry Jones indicated earlier this week. Um, he did say that Darren McFadden and Rod Smith are both going to get work as well. If you had to pick one, I think Alfred Morris is probably the safest. As far as long-term, if you have space to put Rod Smith on your roster and you weren't able to get Alfred Morris or Ezekiel Elliott was on your team and you got to wait for him to come back, I, I, as a fan, I like what I've seen of him so far. He's explosive. Seems like he's got a good read on the field. I'm interested to see if he can make the most of his chances. And I'm willing to put him on my on my roster for a week or two and see what happens. Um, but so far, Alfred Morris has been the one uh, that's gotten the lion's share of any carries that Ezekiel had, hasn't been on the field for. So going into Kansas City, you could probably start him as a number two back or a, a flex option. Not the worst idea there. And like I said, Darren McFadden, you can still add him. It's just we don't know what we're going to get out of him just yet. Kenyon Drake in Miami and Damian Williams, uh, obviously with J.H.I. departing, 
we're not sure who the lead back is going to be. That seems to be the theme of this week. We're just not really sure who these running backs, especially with the teams that have had suspensions or trades, we're not really sure what the landscape looks like. So this week's going to be very interesting to get some clarity on that, uh, which makes some of these games, you know, like that Dolphins game, maybe a little more worthwhile watching than they were earlier this week. Um <laughs> Kenyon Drake uh, likely is going to be more, I would say, more visible on the field. Damian Williams seems to be more of your PPR player. He's going to fare far better in a PPR format than a standard format. But right now, at this point, either one of them, uh, it's kind of a toss-up who's going to be featured more. And we may not get the answers this week. Uh, Unfortunately, Miami is – not necessarily in the best position going against Oakland in Monday on Sunday night football, but hey, we know we're all going to be watching. It's prime time. And then Matt Breda in San Francisco, uh, he's more just somebody to keep behind Carlos Hyde for now. The 49ers are kind of looking towards next season. Obviously, we're bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. This offense is going to start to look a little bit different. Uh, And so we saw him a little bit more last week uh, in PPR formats. Again, probably more valuable there. But this is more a speculative pick than anything else. And Devontae Booker in Denver, again, he's shown a few signs of life, but he's still in that committee. He's behind C.J. Anderson. He's behind Jamal Charles. And, I mean, both of those guys have trouble staying healthy. So you'd think as time goes on, especially with that offense kind of getting beat up the way it is right now, and as well with, we're not entirely sure what this offense will look like under Brock Osweiler or potentially Paxton Lynch. So guys that maybe if you have roster room, if you got hit by the injury bug or you just, you've got a great lineup and you have some, some bench space to spare, you know, worth taking a look at. Uh, and then as far as guys that I love this week, and then we'll get to Sherpas. Uh, for me, Todd Gurley, the juicy matchup against the Giants, followed very closely, more like a 1A than a 2, by LaShawn McCoy, Kareem Hunt at Dallas, one of the higher-scoring games this week. But some really juicy uh, point matchups here. I think there's going to be some more scoring than we had the last week or two. Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville, like I said, it looks like all systems go there for him. Lamar Miller, uh, Mark Ingram, Devontae Freeman, DeMarco Murray, Alvin Kamara, who, again, if you've been listening for any length of time, I'm very high on. And Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, this they lost Kelvin Benjamin. This is an offense that's going to need to reshape quickly. And Christian McCaffrey has continued to get better as the season gone, has gone on. Uh, for a rookie, he's surpassed expectations for a lot of people, myself included. And, I mean, I just can think this will continue to go. Atlanta, unfortunately, is not as dominant as we had thought they were going to be at the beginning of this season. And uh, just outside of my top 10, I had Carlos Hyde, Chris Thompson, and Adrian Peterson. Uh, I think that this matchup against San Francisco, I think this is going to be more of a bounce back for old AP, AD all day. I think we're going to see a 100-plus yard rushing game. I think that having Drew Stanton under quarterback means we're going to have to lean a little bit more on that rush game (laughs) than perhaps you were with Carson Palmer. But unfortunately, with that broken arm, that's that's not going to be happening this week. And uh, like I said, Sherpa did send me over all of his picks and his info, so we've got his as well. Like I said, unfortunately, he's not here to defend himself, but 
we'll be as nice as we can. <laughs> um, our running backs not faring not too, too differently. Uh, LaShawn McCoy's at the top of his list. Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, Lamar Miller, Devontae Freeman, Leonard Fournette. He's got Alex Collins in there like we talked about on the waiver wire pick. It could be a good week for him. Uh, Sherpa's obviously a little higher on him than I am, but I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> Followed by Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara rounding out his top ten. New Orleans, obviously that offense puts up points, and this week I think will be no exception. We'll get to our game predictions here later, but – Safe to say they're going to put some points up this week. Uh, that that New Orleans-Tampa Bay game is slated to be one of the highest point getters of the week. Uh, and just outside his top ten, he's got Chris Thompson, C.J. Anderson, DeMarco Murray, and LeGarrette Blunt, and then Alfred Morris. So looks like Sherpa agrees with me. Alfred Morris probably the guy, but just a mere two spots later, he's got Darren McFadden as well. Uh, and then guys to avoid, top of Sherpa's list is Adrian Peterson. Obviously, we see that one a little differently. Uh, I think he, Adrian Peterson is going to be a big part of that offense this week. Sherpa does not agree with me, but I guess we will see next week who is right on that one. Uh, a couple more that maybe we, we don't necessarily agree on. I think Doug Martin is going to be a better play than he does. Again, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. And Doug Martin will also catch passes as well as run. So for me, I think that's valuable enough in that offense where, granted, their secondary is just gives away points, but I think the run game will, will balance it out nicely, but we'll get there. Um, and uh, he's also got Joe Mixon, Bilal Powell, Orleans Darkwa, Marshawn Lynch, Kenyon Drake, Damian Williams, like we talked about in Miami, Amir Abdullah, and Giovanni Bernard. I actually think Amir Abdullah will probably have a really nice game this week. The Miami running backs, like we talked about, you just don't know what you're going to get. It's flip a coin, um, and Bilal Powell, a lot of weeks a good start. Joe Mixon, we'd hoped would have, I, I know I talked him up big last week, I'd hoped he'd do a little bit more damage than he did, but it was still a, a serviceable effort this week. However, not the best matchup in the world. So, for you know, what can you do there? Can't all be winners. So, only a couple of things we really uh, disagree on there. And... Uh, I mean, as far as running backs go, I think we pretty well covered it. Obviously, the biggest things to watch this week are Miami, Dallas, and Philadelphia, just to see where we're going there. Who's gonna be Who's gonna be the guy? And hopefully, we get some answers this week. But only one way to find out for sure. Let's take it to the wide receivers. So again, we've got bye weeks hitting us hard. We've got some injuries, Pierre Garçon dealing with that neck injury, Emmanuel Sanders with the ankle, Devontae Parker also dealing with that ankle injury, Mike Wallace has a concussion, Corey Davis with that hamstring, Chris Hogan, that shoulder injury did not look good the other day, Kenny Golladay with his hamstring, and then on a bye, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, try saying that three times fast, Martavis Bryant, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks, Chris Hogan, aforementioned before, Danny Amendola, Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, and Mike Williams. So we've got some holes to fill, but don't worry. We got you covered. Um, Probably the top of your list. I know it's the top of mine. I think it's the top of Sherpa's as well, but I'll check that in a second, is Paul Richardson in Seattle. Um, Now, for the wide receivers, a little tougher. You don't necessarily have any number ones out there, but – 
I think Seattle's going to put up some pretty significant points this week. And uh, from there, it's for it for me, it's worth it. Uh, Russell Wilson, probably the best quarterback, throwing to guys that are available on your waiver wire. And Richardson's had nine targets for eight catches, had three touchdowns in the last two games. So if he's out there against that Washington defense, which wasn't great to begin with and certainly is going to be trying to make big plays because their offensive line is essentially non-existent now and that defense is going to have to pick up the slack, I think they may overcommit on some things and that's going to leave holes open. I'd like to see Paul Richardson slide in there and get you some fantasy points. Uh, Behind him, Robbie Anderson, who is actually at the top of Sherpa's – list for your waiver wire pickups. Robbie Anderson, uh, obviously with the Jets, it's not an ideal situation, and we all know how I feel about Thursday night games, but there is some value to be had there. Quincy Nua was lost for a season in training camp, and we thought Robbie Anderson would take over. Obviously, that didn't happen, and our Jermaine Kerr stage left, but Anderson has really the last few weeks become a bigger part of this offense. And part of that is because Curse has come on strong. Defenses have had to be more honest, and it's opened up some more some more space for Robbie Anderson. So he's got some big play abilities. It's going to be a little feast or famine with him, but Buffalo will give up some points. Corey Davis in Tennessee, it looks like this might be the week he's back from that hamstring injury. We haven't seen him in a while. Coming off a of bye week, um, He's still been limited at practice, which gives me some pause. But even if he doesn't play this week, it looks like worst case next week. And I think that's going to be a difference maker. He's fast. He's got good hands. He's very quick. And, you know, having another weapon out there in Tennessee, not the worst thing ever. Josh Doxson in Washington, obviously uh, things didn't quite go their way last week, but I think they're gonna they're gonna put up some more points. That Seattle defense is a little battered, and they're they're priming you up some receiving yards. Tyler Lockett again in Seattle. I think that's gonna be a high scoring game. Jeremy Macklin, Cooper Cup, Jamison Crowder, all guys we've talked about with with you in weeks past. And some of these guys coming off a bye, which is nice. Jeremy Macklin's returning from injury or returned from injury last week, and he was a factor right away. It's a good matchup at Tennessee. Now, that that does really depend on what happens with Joe Flacco, which we'll talk about in just a minute with that concussion. Um, obviously, if Joe Flacco starts, Jeremy Macklin becomes more valuable. If he doesn't, uh, I may not want to start him this week. But not a bad ad if he's available, and a lot of guys probably did drop him. So go check it out. Worth looking into. And uh, let's see, anybody else on this list here? Um, Travis Benjamin in Los Angeles, slash formerly known as San Diego. Uh, we saw some big things out of him last week, two back weeks with touchdowns. And, I mean, they do have a bye in week nine. So this week you don't have to go crazy. But something to maybe stash if you've got the, the ability to. Um, it's a nice speculative pick, at least in my opinion. I've got him on a team or two. Uh, so let's let's see how that one plays out. And then our top wide receivers this week, for me, DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. Huge game last week. I don't think he's necessarily going to put up those kinds of numbers, but the matchup against the Colts, super favorable. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to find someone who disagreed with that. Even Sherpa's with me there. He's number one on his list as well. Uh, as following him, Julio Jones, 
A.J. Green in Cincinnati, while I think that's a tougher matchup, I still think that A.J. Green's going to be valuable enough to start without worrying. And Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Des Bryant, Doug Baldwin, Tyreek Hill, Michael Crabtree, Will Fuller. I can't tell you enough how much I like Will Fuller. <laughs> I told you for weeks to pick him up on the waiver wire, and it is paying off. He's a touchdown machine. Just outside of my top ten, I've got Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Jarvis Landry, and Amari Cooper. So some some more speculative picks there, but I think there's certainly some feast or famine value to be had. And then as far as Sherpa's top ten, he's got, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins as well, followed by Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Doug Baldwin, Tyreek Hill, Robbie Anderson in the, uh, in New York. So clearly he's a big proponent of picking him up on the waiver wire if he's still available. Michael Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey, and then just outside of his top ten, Des Bryant, Jordy Nelson, Sammy Watkins, and Demarius Thomas. Uh, so we've, we've got a, a lot of similar names from our list here. Uh, and certainly when we get to the picks, you'll see we do have some differences. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, his top avoids this week, A.J. Green. Obviously, he and I see that one differently. What a surprise. We disagree. Kelvin Benjamin in Buffalo, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, not only is that a team that, granted, they are overachieving, but they're playing on Thursday night. <laughs> they're crazy enough that they'll put Kelvin Benjamin out there, it looks like. Um I just don't know how effective he'll be. And if it's something I'm willing to risk, you know, I'd probably rather have a Robbie Anderson in there, which you can't necessarily say a lot of weeks, but there you go. Emmanuel Sanders also on his avoid list. Rashad Matthews in Tennessee. Jarvis Landry in Miami, another one we disagree on. John Brown in Arizona. Devontae Parker, Jerron Brown, and J.J. Nelson. So pretty much any Arizona receiver not named Larry Fitzgerald, which – is valid, but with Drew Stanton coming in, I always think it's interesting. I think that a guy like Jerron Brown or J.J. Nelson might have a breakout game just because you look at the backup quarterback, he's not necessarily always throwing to your number one receiver. Larry Fitzgerald is incredibly good. He's very consistent, and that's why I'm still comfortable starting him, even though Carson Palmer's not going to be under center this week because Larry Fitzgerald is that elite type of receiver that no matter what, he's still going to put up points. doesn't matter if I'm throwing him the ball, he's still going to make it happen. But I think that for a flex option or maybe in a daily fantasy league, if you're looking to save a little, a little coin, um, that Jerron Brown or J.J. Nelson could be an interesting pick. The only downside to it is I'm not entirely sure how many points Arizona is going to score. And like I said before, I really like Adrian Peterson this week. Um, so as far as that goes, uh, we have, we've got some differences, but not too, too bad here. So let's take a look at the quarterback situation. Uh, obviously, we've got Drew Stanton making his first start this week after Carson Palmer broke his arm. Jay Cutler still dealing with bad ribs, but it looks like he is going to be a go pending something changing in the next day or two. Joe Flacco still in the concussion protocol. That one may go down to game time. Ryan Mallett's the backup there, so if you're real desperate, and I really hope you're not desperate enough that Ryan Mallett is what you're going to have to go with this week. But if you're in a super deep league and something weird's happened, um, keep an eye on it. Like I said, it's certainly going to impact the value of a guy like Jeremy Macklin. If Ryan Mallett's under center, 
definitely downgrade him to uh, maybe a wide receiver three. But if Joe Flacco plays, I think the pass game will do all right. But that, again, is why Alex Collins looks like he may have a pretty nice week this week because that pass game could be in question. And then, of course, uh, Jameis Winston dealing with that shoulder injury. Again, why I think Doug Martin might play a bigger role this week. And Andrew Luck still not playing uh, on a bye this week. A couple of big names, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Case Keenum, Mitchell Trubisky, and Deshaun Kaiser. Again, like we talked about, probably the last hurrah for C.J. Bessert this week. And we've got Brock Osweiler taking over in Denver. As far as guys that you want to pick up off the waiver wire, Josh McCown, always a good, solid pickup. Again, it's a Thursday night game, short week. Um, Buffalo, while he didn't look great against Buffalo week one of the season, their defense uh, has stifled quarterbacks a little bit. But Josh McCown is probably the steadiest option you have. And he's looked good the last couple of weeks. Buffalo's had a few injuries. They're playing on the road. It could be a perfect storm where it's enough value that you can get by this week. Um, Maybe not your best long-term solution, but for this week, it's not the worst idea. Jacoby Brissett, I think that I may be in the minority here, but I think Indianapolis will hang in a little bit better than some other people think this week uh, against Houston. Um, certainly not winning that game, but I think they're still going to have some value there. Texans defense is on the road. They do have some uh, injuries, and they're certainly giving up fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. So if you're really in a bind, look at Jacoby Brissett. Jay Cutler, really don't feel good about recommending that. But again, if you're desperate, and I mean really desperate, Jay Cutler looks like he's going to play this week. That's probably the best thing you can say about him. He'll be out there. <laughs> um, speculative picks, Jimmy Garoppolo we talked about, going to be taken over next week uh, for the 49ers. So, you know, we'll see. It's obviously he's not playing this week, so you are you don't have fantasy value now. Barring some kind of catastrophic injury, he's just not going to be on the field. And then they have a bye coming up uh, down the road in two weeks. So it's something that if you're in a two-quarterback team, two league probably worth it if it's just one maybe not so really see what you you have and what you're working with as far as injuries and then also keep on your radar on the off chance James Winston does not play Ryan Fitzpatrick is a backup there so I mean he's playing New Orleans if for some reason he's got to get plugged in there you know I'd probably rather start him than Jay Cutler (laughs) and then let's take a look at quarterbacks to start this week um, I, I know he's at the top of my list, and he's also at the top of the Sherpas list. Deshaun Watson in Houston going against Indianapolis um, with the way he's been playing and the way those wide receivers look right now. Uh, that's that's just a no-brainer. I mean, it's just going to be raining fantasy points. <laughs> I've got Dak Prescott at number two on my list. Um, certainly, I would think a lot of people probably have him further down, but Call me a homer. I think that there are points to be had against this Kansas City defense, uh, and that's not just because I have Kansas City's defense on my fantasy team and I'm really just not thrilled with that. But um, followed closely behind Dak Prescott, I've got Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Alex Smith, uh, Carson Wentz. I've got Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, and Jameis Winston rounding out my top ten. Just outside the top 10, I've got Tyrod Taylor, Matt Ryan, and Derek Carr. 
Um, again, I think I probably see this, this Oakland game a little different than most people do, but we'll, we'll see what the Sherpa has to say here shortly. His top 10 uh, for quarterbacks this week, like I alluded to, Deshaun Watson. He's got Drew Brees following close behind him, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson at five, Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, and Jameis Winston rounding out his top 10. And then just outside, he's got Jared Goff, Cam Newton, and Josh McCown. So pretty similar names, just a little little different order. Like I said, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a homer pick, but I've got Dak Prescott rated up higher than probably a lot of people do, but I'll stand by that. Certainly there are going to be fantasy points out there. Um, some of these games are going to be higher scoring. We'll get to those in a minute. Um, and then as far as guys you want to avoid this week, as we talked about, there are certainly some injuries that will come into play here. But barring those, at the top of Sherpa's list is Derek Carr. I tend to disagree a little bit with that. He's got Mar- Marcus Mariota as well, who I think he's he's you know maybe 14 on my list. If you're in a 12 team league, he's just outside that. Tyrod Taylor, who I'm I'm certainly higher on this week than he is. Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, Brock Osweiler, Drew Stanton, and Jay Cutler all rounding off his list. I don't have too too much of a problem with that. Um, Blake Bortles, that Jacksonville team is probably going to win this week, but it is more in spite of Blake Bortles than it is him helping. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to have a better day. Uh, Again, I might be going against the grain a little bit on that, but that Buffalo Bills team is really overachieving. I like it. I'm going to stick with it and ride that gravy train as long as we can. I think it'll be interesting to see what uh, Kelvin Benjamin looks like in that offense. So let's keep on rolling. Take a look at tight ends. Uh, Unfortunately, tight ends, you know, they're – a rough season for them injury wise so let's see who we've still got healthy who we still got on the field and how bad that bye week is going to affect you here jordan reed dealing with a hamstring injury uh every week we're going to say jordan jordan reed's name is questionable is pretty much how it works here unfortunately he's a great player but you know it might be the vernon davis show we're going to find out here um we also have zach miller suffered a horrendous knee injury. I'm sure you've seen the highlights. I'm sure sure you've heard the story by now. But if you missed it, took a bad hit in the end zone, dislocated his knee and suffered some artery damage that uh, reportedly required some emergency surgery and there was a possibility he may lose his leg. Luckily, surgeons were able to take care of him and he reportedly was on the phone after surgery with his coach saying, that's crazy that they didn't give him the touchdown. Obviously, when your knee dislocates, sometimes you drop the ball in pain. I think that, quite frankly, he probably earned the six points, but no one asked me. Delaney Walker still dealing with that ankle injury. It's been nagging for a few weeks, but it looks like he's going to be a go. It'll go down to game time, but all indications from practice this week have been that he should be fine. Charles Clay still dealing with that knee injury and isn't going to play this week. And then on a bye, we've got Rob Gronkowski, Kyle Rudolph, Hunter Henry, Jesse James, and David Joku. Tight ends, not guys you want on buys this week, but luckily we'll have them back this week or next week. And then if for some reason Tyler Croft or Jared Cook are available in your leagues, and they are in some inexplicably, uh, pick them up. Certainly good weeks for them. The top of my list of waiver wire pickups, Jack Doyle, uh, certainly he got dropped in, in some leagues last week. He's been a little banged up, had that concussion. 
He's been a solid fantasy starter. They're going to be playing from behind. Uh, He already gets a lot of targets as it is. And if at some point Andrew Luck actually comes back, his value is just going to continue to go up. Uh, Vernon Davis, as we alluded to, or I alluded to, I keep saying the royal we here, like Sherpa's here in spirit, but (laughs) as I alluded to earlier, Jordan Reed is questionable. Not sure if he's going to go. Even if he does, he's not 100%. Hamstring injuries are tough. And Vernon Davis has looked good. And uh, really, um, you know, the last last time Jordan Reed was out, week three, uh, Vernon Davis had a respectable five catches, had a touchdown as well. He's been pretty consistent even when Jordan Reed's playing. He's still been getting time. He's still been getting looks. So not entirely sure how long we're going to miss Jordan Reed, but Vernon Davis, solid replacement. Even with Seattle, they've been giving up points. That defense is not as stout as it's been in the past and partially due to injury. But, you know, for what it's worth, I think Vernon Davis is a pretty solid pickup this week. Tyler Higby in Los Angeles, um, that's really just because they're playing the Giants. If you need a waiver wire pickup and they're playing the Giants, pretty good time to do it. Um, you know, it's it's something really only if you're desperate or if you need to stream something and you're in a, a deeper league where guys have already picked up people, Tyler Higby's not the worst option. Uh, Austin Hooper, if he's available in Atlanta, obviously when the targets are there, he's good. Um, Carolina, there I think that Atlanta's it's going to be not necessarily playing from behind, but playing constantly to get the lead back. Whoever gets the ball last in that game is probably going to win it, but we'll get there in a minute. Ben Watson in Baltimore. This is more the opposite of what we were talking about with Jeremy Macklin. If Joe Flacco plays, Jeremy Macklin is more valuable. If Ryan Mallett plays, uh, Ben Watson, definitely going to be more valuable. Both of his touchdowns this year have been from Ryan Mallett, for what that's worth. And to me, that's worth something. Uh, I always, you know, if a backup quarterback's playing, I think tight ends become more valuable instantaneously. So if Ryan Mallett's going to play, I might add Ben Watson. Stack them up, see what happens. And Greg Olson, we talked about this last week. Talk about it again. Uh, both Sharp and I weren't really ready to stash him last week. We're getting closer. He's expected to come back in week 12, so we're a couple weeks away. So, again, if this is something you have space for, he'll be back for your playoff push. Not the worst idea. So, as far as our top 10 starts this week, for me, it's a no-doubter at the top of the list is Zach Ertz. Denver, while that defense is very good, they will give up points to a tight end. And Zach Ertz has been getting an awful lot of targets. He and Carson Wentz are on the same page, and as long as he doesn't drop the ball, they're good to go. <laughs> Behind them, Travis Kelsey going against the Cowboys. Uh, another high-scoring matchup, always a good idea. Jimmy Graham followed by Evan Ingram. For me, that's more a product of Eli Manning's got to throw to somebody. Evan Ingram is the only healthy body left. So I'm going to keep telling you to start him each week. But I think that this week against the Rams, he's got a shot of doing some damage here. And with so many quarterbacks on a bye, you know, I don't mind the matchup this week. Austin Severian Jenkins, I sing his praises every week. This is no exception. Even against a Bills defense that is a little stingier on tight ends, I think that the amount of looks he gets is going to overcome that. Jack Doyle, I can't tell you enough good things about what he's going to do this week against Houston. Delaney Walker, 
Uh, Jared Cook and Jason Witten round out my top 10. Vernon Davis just on the outside looking in, as well as Austin Hooper and Tyler Croft. Like I said, go pick him up on the waiver wire if you've got him. Sherpa also agrees. Zach Ertz is our no doubt to, uh, top tight end this week. He's got Travis Kelsey followed by Vernon Davis. So we start to differ a little bit. Jimmy Graham and Austin Hooper are his top five. Jack Doyle, Jason Witten, Evan Ingram, Cameron Breit, and Ed Dixon round out the top 10. He's got Austin Sperry Jenkins just on the outside looking in. So I value him a little bit more, but that's no surprise. He's got George Kittle in San Francisco. Again, an interesting option. He's got good chemistry with C.J. Beathard, and once we see Jimmy Garoppolo come into play next week, it'll be interesting interesting to see what his role looks like there. And then he's got Jared Cook and Martellus Bennett. And then guys to avoid, I'm higher on Delaney Walker. Sherpa is not. He's the number one on his avoid list this week. Ben Watson in Baltimore, again, for me. If Ryan Mallett plays, he becomes more valuable. Ryan Mallett doesn't play. Don't don't uh, waste your time on it. Sherpa's not a fan of Tyler Croft this week. I disagree there. Mercedes Lewis in Jacksonville, Nick O'Leary in Buffalo, Jermaine Gresham and Julius Thomas, as well as Johnny Smith in Tennessee. So got a got a couple of uh, differing opinions here. We'll certainly uh, see how they all turn out this week, and then we make our way from tight ends to defense. Uh, some good matchups this week. Some that are not as great. Uh, but certainly with as many high-scoring games as I think they're going to be, you kind of have to pick and choose your battles here. Uh, for me, the Eagles are at the top of the list. Um, I I think that – well, Sherpa does, does not agree. But, you know, for me, the Eagles going against that Denver team, Denver's coming on the road to Philadelphia. You've got a new quarterback in Brock Osweiler who has, thrown a ten- has shown a tendency to throw interceptions. He's not afraid to throw to the other team. Although, on the other hand, neither was Trevor Simeon with his five turnovers last week. Uh, I've got the Jaguars at number two. Uh, You could certainly make an argument for them as number one. They're a a sack machine, and I think that they are absolutely going to be the difference maker in that game. We'll talk about that here shortly when we get to predictions and scores. Uh, Followed by the Lions, the Bengals, Texans, Buffalo Bills. Like I said, really overachieving, and I like it. Uh, The Los Angeles Rams. Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Ravens round out my top 10. And then I've got New Orleans, uh, the Raiders, and Denver on the outside looking in. That Denver defense, even going against a higher scoring offense in Philadelphia that shows no signs of slowing down, that defense is good enough to still have, you know, enough fantasy value that if you're in a 12-team league, you probably still start them. I would feel fine with that. Uh, Sherpa, his rankings certainly look a little different on defense than mine this week, but that's all right. He's got Jacksonville at number one. Hard to argue with that. Houston at number two, Tennessee, Oakland, Miami, the Rams, Buffalo, Atlanta, Baltimore, and Cincinnati rounding out his top 10, followed by San Francisco. He's got the Eagles all the way down at 12. We see that one certainly differently. Arizona, Detroit, and Green Bay. So uh, certainly we'll see what his picks look like, his scores look like. Um, Top defenses to avoid. You know, we're we're pretty on the same page here. Seattle, Carolina, Washington, Kansas City, Dallas, the Jets, the Giants, Denver, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. As we get to the scores here in just a minute, those are going to be your highest scoring games of the day. It's going to be tough uh, to really argue those. But as far as defense is putting up points this week, we've certainly got, got some interesting options. 
So from there, let's take a look at uh, the actual games and their scores this week. It's always fun to see where Sherpa and I differ on those because there are always arguments here. <laughs> so like I said, he's not here to, to uh, argue on his behalf, so he's going to have to take it. Uh, we've got our Thursday night game this week, one that in years past has been a little more interesting, but I think still a very watchable game. World Series is over. What else are we going to be doing? We've got Buffalo visiting the Jets, and you know this is not going to be one of our higher scoring games, but certainly fantasy value to be had here. I've got Buffalo taking this by 10 points, 27-17. Sherpa's pretty on the same wavelength here. He's got Buffalo winning 28-21, so a uh, smaller margin of victory, but we're both both taking the Bills and this highly overachieving offense to uh, take it this week. It'll be very interesting to see Kelvin Benjamin, how he fits in here. So we'll see how that works. Obviously, we disagreed on, on Tyrod Taylor's role in this offense, but without a doubt, LaShawn McCoy is going to be a huge factor here. Moving on to our Sunday games. No worries, no London games this week. Uh, we do have one at Hard Rock later on uh, once we hit Sunday night, but we've got our normal 1 o'clock start time on the East Coast. Atlanta at Carolina, certainly an interesting game. This was one that's been interesting in years past, but maybe for different reasons. Two teams that are kind of going in the wrong direction. Carolina's had a lot of ups and downs this year. Obviously, Kelvin Benjamin not there. Their top wide receiver traded away this week. Uh, and Atlanta just confusing. Confusing at best, I think. We've seen signs of greatness out of them, and we've seen mediocrity. Uh, some, some weeks they just look downright uninterested. I think Atlanta's going to bounce back a little bit this week. I think Carolina's got to find their way with that, without Kelvin Benjamin in this offense and kind of reconfigure how this is going to look. So I've got Atlanta winning 27-21. It's a close game. I think it's going to go back and forth. Sherpa agrees here. Uh, actually, pretty close score. He's got Atlanta winning 28-20, so we're, we're pretty right on track there. Almost makes me nervous when we're that, that in sync. doesn't happen a lot. So For what it's worth, Carolina will probably win that game now. <laughs> uh, another interesting game this week, Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Um, it's this Jacksonville defense is just so good. Cincinnati is another team that really has put up a couple of stinkers the last few weeks. Andy Dalton, the old ginger ninja, has uh, returned to form a little bit. They're still trying to figure out that running back uh, by committee situation, Joe Mixon, looked good, costly fumble last week, but. I don't think this is the week that they're going to bounce back. Don't expect an upset here. Jacksonville's defense is too good. Uh, I've got Jacksonville winning 28-17. Sherpa's got them winning 24-14 over Cincinnati. So, again, we're, we're about, the, about the same score uh, margin of victory here in, with 10 points. Uh, moving right along, we talked about Denver at Philadelphia here uh, a little bit just because we've got so many interesting storylines. J.H.I. coming back, looking at that backfield and what's going to happen in Philadelphia. Can their hot streak continue going against a tough Denver defense? But Denver on the road with Brock Osweiler and kind of a struggling offense here, I think it's just not going to be enough to overcome this Eagles team. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to take this 30-21. But, I mean, Denver Denver could surprise us. I just don't know what we're going to get out of Brock Osweiler, and it's going to be tough for those running backs to really get a lot of traction here against the Eagles. Sherpa has the Eagles winning a closer one, 
28-24, I think he's got a little bit more uh, more respect for that Denver defense and what they're going to be able to do here. And that's just me speculating. I don't necessarily think that he thinks Brock Osweiler is the answer. <laughs> We've got Baltimore going to Tennessee this week. It's just it's going to be interesting. Obviously, that Tennessee offense has kind of been sputtering. They're just not quite playing to their potential. Baltimore, not sure if they're going to have Joe Flacco under center or not with that concussion. Uh, that's always always a tricky thing. Like we said, it's going to be a real different look with Ryan Mallett. Surprise, surprise. I've got Tennessee winning 24-17. I think Baltimore will still keep it close. Uh, Sherpa's got a little bit more points here. He's got Tennessee winning 24-20 over Baltimore. As much as I would like to pick a Ravens win, uh, one of my best friends is a Raven fan getting married this weekend. I just don't think it's going to get it as a, a wedding gift. Sorry, Mason. But uh, we still got some good matchups coming down the line here. Indianapolis at Houston. I think this is going to be a, a higher scoring affair. I think Sherpa it looks like he may agree with me here even more so. Um, but I've got Houston winning this pretty handily, 33-21. That offense just looks good right now. Despite the injuries on defense, they're still holding their own. Indianapolis, again, uh, they've shown – Jacoby Brissett's shown signs where he – you know, he can really get it done. And then there, there are times when they just look like they're just not even interested in playing football. So I think they're going to come out onto the road in Houston, and they'll keep it close for a little while, but that Houston offense and Deshaun Watson are just going to start to pull away from them. Sherpa agrees even more so. He's got Houston winning 42-20, so quite, quite a margin of victory there. Uh, from there, we are going to New York, the Los Angeles Rams. Going to the Giants, this doesn't feel like a fair fight. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually a little bit more generous in my score this week than the Sherpa is. The Giants are struggling. Um, Their win maybe uh, said more about the 49ers than it did the Giants. But, you know, we're going to find out this week. Uh, Formidable Rams team. I've got the Rams winning by 10, 31-21 over the Giants. Sherpa a little more pessimistic. He's got the Rams winning 38-17. Yikes. Uh, It could certainly be a long day. The Giants, you know, every time I'm ready to write them off, they show a little bit of spark of life. I don't necessarily think that they're going any kind of significant run here. Uh, This is certainly a rebuilding year for them. I'm glad that the trade deadline is passed so that all the Giants fans can stop worrying about Eli Manning getting traded. There was really never any chance of that happening, but so he's still your quarterback, Giants fans. You know, take that, I guess, to heart. That's something to, to write home about. Let's keep rolling to our last 1 o'clock game, or as I call them, the morning games. Uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Now, this is going to be a shootout. Neither of these defenses seem real interested in slowing anybody down, and uh, these offenses can certainly put up points. I'm taking New Orleans to win. It's hard to pick against them at home, plus with Jameis Winston dealing with a little bit of a nagging shoulder injury. I just think that New Orleans, top to bottom, just a little bit better. A little bit better. This is a team that knows how to win. Tampa Bay has not quite gotten over the hurdle yet. Uh, so they'll they'll hang in. This may be a game where whoever has the ball at last is going to end up winning this game. Um, but I've got, I've got 34-30 New Orleans in a close one. Sherpa's got it. New Orleans by touchdown, 38-31. Both definitely in agreement. There are a lot of fantasy points to be had here. 
And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to our DFS picks here shortly. Let's motor into the afternoon games. Arizona at San Francisco. Uh, We've got, I guess, the backup quarterback bowl. (laughs) Drew Stanton making his first start of the season after Carson Palmer uh, didn't take too kindly to London with his broken arm. And um, so I guess the last hurrah for C.J. Bessert, I'm pretty upset about it. Jimmy Garoppolo waiting in the wings, but... Arizona, I, I'm picking this. I'm picking a big day for Adrian Peterson. I've got them winning 24-14. Sherpa, on the other hand, taking San Francisco to finally get its first win of the season, 24-20 over Arizona. Hey, man, he's getting a little wild. Normally this is this is my, uh, my route here where I'm picking these crazy upsets, but I don't know if you could categorize this as a, a huge upset, but certainly I think that it, it would be at least a little bit of an upset. 24-20 over Arizona. Maybe I, maybe I'm too optimistic on Adrian Peterson, but I think that he can certainly do enough damage to get the win here. But it'll be one to watch. Uh, we continue on Washington at Seattle. Washington's had a couple of tough breaks here. Uh, Seattle really has had to put up a lot more points. This offense has had to be a lot more active this season than it has in seasons past, and that is in large part to the mounting injuries to that defense. Um, they're moving some pieces around. They got Dwight Freeney in. Uh, we're moving some guys around. So it looks like this, this defense is getting an identity. And if you're a team coming to Seattle and they're getting healthy or at least putting healthier bodies in, I'd be a little worried. And I think Washington, they'll be able to hang around, but they're not going to overcome this. Uh, I've got them winning 24. I'm sorry. I've got Seattle winning 30 to 24. So, like I said, it's close, but I'm taking Seattle in this one. Uh, we talked about earlier in my waiver wire picks. I'm pretty hyped about some of those receivers. Sherpa, on the other hand, again, a disagreement. He's taken Washington 34-27 over Seattle. Washington coming into Seattle and beating them by a touchdown. I like it. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it'll actually happen, but it's an interesting take. Uh, let's see if maybe Kirk Cousins can can do some damage there. He was very high on Chris Thompson uh, at running back. So, you know, maybe that's the difference maker this week. Obviously, the big game for me this week as a Cowboys fan. Let's see what life without Ezekiel Elliott looks like. Kansas City coming to Dallas. Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys by a field goal, a last-second field goal, no less, 30-27 to over Kansas City. Um I, I don't necessarily know we're going to get a lot of clarity on who's going to be the number one back or at least be more featured back after this game. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's going to have a big day. And, you know, I think Rob Smith could be real interesting. But we'll see what happens. Kansas City, uh, that defense has been leaking points a little bit more than I'd like to see. And I just think that the Cowboys at home, they're just, you know, everyone's been talking about all these off-the-field issues and Ezekiel Elliott and They've stopped talking a little bit about the actual football being played. And I think Dak Prescott is going to make a statement game here. Uh, Sherpa, surprise, surprise, does not agree with me. He does agree. It's going to be very close. He's got Kansas City winning by a field goal, 34-31. So similar score, similar uh, result, but different outcome. So it's going to be a good day for kickers in this game. Unfortunately, Dan Bailey's still injured. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, be interesting if if things go the Sherpa's way with the Redskins winning and the Cowboys losing, all of a sudden this NFC East is, is going to be a little murkier. And then 
Uh, our Sunday night game, Oakland at Miami. Uh, for me, I think Oakland takes this pretty handily. I am not really sure what this Miami offense is going to look like with a beat-up Jay Cutler in prime time without your featured back and already a lot of question marks on this team coming into it. I have Oakland winning 24-13. For me, I think they're in control this whole way. I think their car's going to look better. The Miami defense is better than people give them credit for, but just not good enough for as long as they're going to be on the field. It, it's just tough. If you're on the field that long, you're going to give up points. It's it's a war of attrition. Sherpa, however, thinks it's going to be a little bit closer. He's got Oakland winning, but only by a field goal. He's got them 17-14 over Miami. So you get a little bit of barn burner in prime time on Sunday night. And then for our Monday night game this week, Detroit at Green Bay. You know, this is normally the spot where Aaron Rodgers is throwing Hail Marys in prime time to beat a division foe. However, collarbone's still broken. Brett Hudley's still under center. Um, so I think that that's the difference maker here. I think Detroit is hungry. I think they need this game. And they're going to come into Lambeau, and they're going to steal one here 23-21. Uh, I think this is going to be a good game to watch. I mean, not the highest scoring of the day, but certainly it's going to be a nice NFC North matchup. Sherpa's got Detroit winning as well, 24-20. So, you know, pretty similar. Got a little closer game, but I not disagree on too, too many here. There are certainly a few. Um, but let's, as we uh, close out here, take a look at some daily fantasy picks. Uh, some pretty juicy stacks this week. I think the Buccaneers, the Colts, uh, Houston, and the Rams all pretty good bang for your buck as far as where you're at pricing and the return on investment like we talked about here. There's there are some high-scoring games. There are points to be had here. It's just a matter of getting your stack right. Uh, at quarterback, Jameis Winston, as long as he plays, obviously with that shoulder injury, and it certainly looks like he's on track to going against that New Orleans defense. I mean, that's a no-brainer there. Plus the pricing, basically middle of the road, you can certainly uh, spend a little bit more at other positions. Jacoby Brissett, while they're not going to win that game, they're going to be playing from behind, and he's going to throw the ball. <laughs> I like those odds. I'd certainly put him on a daily fantasy uh, pick this week. At running back, Aaron Jones versus Detroit. He's got trouble stopping the run where they may not may not uh, win that game, but I think you could certainly win some money there with him in your lineup. Alex Collins. For what his price versus what you're going to get for him, I mean, it's just, to me, no-brainer there. Doug Martin, Carlos Hyde, Adrian Peterson. Again, Sherpa and I see that one a little bit differently, but I think you, for me, I'm absolutely playing him this week. At wide receiver, Will Fuller, top five in fantasy points allowed that indie defense to wide receivers, and Will Fuller is a touchdown machine. For me, absolutely go for it. Michael Thomas against Tampa Bay, we talked about that. Des Bryant, Kansas City gives up wide receiver points uh, like there's no tomorrow and probably no Ezekiel Elliott. So someone's got to pick up the slack. I think Dak Prescott to Des Bryant is going to be something you're going to hear a lot this week. And Kenny Stills at tight end, uh, Tyler Igby versus the Giants. I mean, like I said, versus the Giants, you kind of got to start. They've given up a tight end, to, uh, tight end, a touchdown to a tight end every week this season so far. I look for that trend to continue. Jack Doyle at Houston, another high-scoring game, and Zach Ertz, of course. And then at defense, the Eagles and the Rams. Uh, the Jaguars, you're going to have to overpay for. But I think the Eagles are a real good pick and a good value this week. 
So that brings us to the end of the show this week. Thanks so much for hanging around a, a little late night session with us here. We'll be back next Wednesday night at our normal time, and we'll bring you all the news and notes, everything you need to dominate week 10. Of course, we've got buys, start sits, all that good stuff. If you need us all week long, find us at fantasyfootballsherpa.com on the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. Uh, on Facebook, as well as on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. Thanks so much for listening, guys, this week. Good luck in your leagues, unless, of course, you're playing me.